This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. All right, let's just let's just do this. You've been waiting. You've been waiting a week. You were in this in mortal peril once again. Have you seen this creature? Look at this thing. <laughs> and with his friends powerless to save him. Oh, wow. oh, come on! The sheriff can do nothing but wait. Ooh, I'm nervous for you, buddy. And pray. You know what's funny is, well, no, I think even uh, a 17 would hit your AC. The adventure continues. This is absolutely insane. Now. What's going on, folks? It's your old buddy, Troy LaValle, here with another exciting episode of the Glass Cannon Podcast coming up. I uh, I feel like shit right now. I really don't feel well. But you know what they say in show business? The intro to any random episode of your podcast must go on. So here we go. There is a lot happening in the niche. If you're the type of person that skips intros, don't be a fool and listen to this because you want to get caught up. Glass Cannon Live Boston is happening next week. I am so fired up to come back to my hometown again and during PAX East. Last week, middle of last week, that show was sold out, but we added 50 seats to the balcony uh, uh, last Friday, I think. So I don't even know how many of those are left. You might want to get on that immediately if you want to come check that out. Bring your buddy that's never listened to the show. Get them into the niche and come see Glass Cannon Live. And if you can't see it in person, we are going to try and stream it live on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the glass cannon. Instead of doing Androids and Aliens live that night and running against our own show, we are going to try and stream it live from the Paradise Rock Club. I mean, Joe and I have been working for the past month and a half with our agent and the venue to see if we can even pull this off. It's a big maybe, but we're really going to try and make this happen because that would be so cool and we've never done it before. And if it works, maybe it's something we can do in the future. So I think you should try and get there in person. But if you live in Alaska, then this is probably your only option, unless you're rich and can take a private jet to Logan. Speaking of androids and aliens, oh, man, are we having fun doing that show live. We have a new cast member. We have new crew members. It is is just been a blast. We've only done two weeks. And like I said, we're not going to do next Friday because we want to run against ourselves. But it just so happens that the next live episode is episode 100 and 101. So we're going to do that on a special night. We're going to do that Monday, March 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern live on twitch.tv slash the glass cannon. This is a big one. This is episode 100. I mean, we only have one other show that has made it past 100. So uh, we're pretty fired up about doing that live. Uh, it's going to be episode 100 and 101 happening Monday, March 2nd, 9 p.m. Eastern on our Twitch channel. A special night for a special episode. If that wasn't enough that week, Glass Cannon Podcast, episode 250, is going to air that Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, March 5th, three hours live. Oh, my God. What am I doing to myself? An episode 100 and a 250 in the same week live? I do it because I, I love you guys. I can't help 
but give. So, man, just clear your calendars. If you're planning on going out of town or having a baby, cancel it. You need to watch those shows. Androids and Aliens Live, Monday, March 2nd, 9 p.m. Eastern. Glass Cannon Podcast, episode 250, three hours live, Thursday, March 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Cannon Fodder came back last Friday. Oh, baby, Cannon Fodder Friday is a thing now for all of our subscribers at the $10 tier and up on Patreon. I know some people have had some technical problems with the uh, program that we're using, but figure it out on your end because it worked fine for the majority of people. So if you take the time to uh, check it out before we go live next uh, week, which is actually this week, this Friday, we're going to do it every Friday, uh, you should be fine. So take some time now to, first of all, bump up your pledge to 10. I mean, you, you don't want to miss the FOD. And then uh, take some time this week to get it all set up so that when we go live, you can watch it. Uh, it was great. It was just like the old FOD, but just covering the last week's worth of episodes, talking a little business, giving a little insider info. Uh, so check it out. As usual, there's just too much going on. This is why I'm sick, because I sleep four hours a night and I work the rest of the time. Uh, but you know what? We do it because that's what's going to grow the niche. Amazing content as much as possible. No sleep and Matthew dying of the coronavirus. Speaking of dying, let's go check out this new episode of the Glass Cannon Podcast. I don't feel good. Did you guys have any uh, any nicknames growing up? Uh, one prominent one. Yours? <laughs> yes. Skid. 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 They didn't, skid. You, they didn't call you the big S? No. no. Just, just skid. Skid, skid, skid. It really took over. Did they ever call you by your real name? No, they did. Up? I actually, when I, was a, when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, I was too shy to correct like, teachers because in the books, like my name was uh, Patrick. Uh-huh. So like, is it Patrick? And I would just be like, okay, I guess my name is Patrick. And then I would get, I would get called Skid at home. Mm-hmm. But and then the, it would always get shortened to Pat, which I hate. That oh, was my yeah. dad's name, and I was like, I I hated being called that. But uh, no, so a lot of times, like I would just, I would, I was too shy, so I just, I wouldn't say anything, and I would be called Pat or Patrick. I, I feel like that would lead to an identity crisis. Uh, no, not not really. No. I don't think so. Like, am I Patrick or am I? Who no, it's funny. I? Well, it's funny because, like, at school, I was normally Patrick. At home, and my friends all called me Skid. And then at my dad's house, he called me Patrick. Ah. So, yeah, it was a little confusing. That is get confusing. Have you ever revealed the origins of this of, uh, of Skid on the podcast? I don't know that I have. I think have. he's on yeah. beer pressure. I think, he, I think he told us. I Did actually I? don't know. The, I don't, it's I on don't my know. original uh, yeah, I talked beer about pressure, the, uh, beer pressure, the yeah. prequel to the Glass Cannon podcast. It's an intense story, Matthew. Yeah. It's an intense story, so maybe for another time. Yeah, maybe for another time. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I never knew that Joe, you were called Joey by your family. And, uh, <laughs> then I was like hanging out with your family and they all call you Joey. Yeah. And it's just. Cause he looks like a baby kangaroo. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a that's, real. That's, that's exactly the reason. It just sounds like a child's name. <laughs> yeah. You know, for an adult. I love it. To me, it makes perfect sense. Joey. But when you've been called that your whole life, you don't, you don't think of it any other way. But if I hear of like an adult man called Joey, I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> That guy's got That's some weird going on. That's what I felt when they called him. I have a good friend whose brother is named Joey, and he's really, like, Italian. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. 
you know, he's real Italian. Yeah, hey, Joey. Joey. Oh. <laughs> That's just weird. Right. And yet, all my family calls me Joey. It doesn't sound weird to me at all. It's <laughs> like, oh, that's well, my childhood name. My dad grew up as Ricky, and then he changed it to Rick as soon as humanly possible. Mm. I we, love it. Like, my aunts and uncles, and all, you know, they all call me Joey. My cousins call me Joey. Yeah. And I, I love it. It makes, it makes me feel like home. You know what I mean? That's not an invitation for anybody else to call you Joey, though, right? It would be No, weird. no. Every one of you can shut up. <laughs> you never call me Joey. I call you Joey O once in a while. Joey O. Joey O. I, I was called O'Brien a lot as a kid and OB. By my friends at school, they didn't call me Joey. I'm just going to call you Joe when I'm mad at you now. <laughs> Joe! Uh, Joseph! How dare you! <laughs> I said before the show, I was like, what's going on, Matty Caps? Yeah. Did they ever call you Matty Caps? You got a No, little name. known fat. Uh, Matthew's childhood nickname, which I know because I hung out with his buddies, T-Bone. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that The reason I brought this up Is because I wanted a nickname And so I started Making people call me Tipo Get out of here Because I wanted that to be my nickname Like that episode of Seinfeld You can't give yourself a nickname T-Bo, I know, I learned it the hard way They called me T-Roy And I was like, that's pretty good I wanted to be T-Bo They called you T-Bo actually call me T-Bo It's a bit that Joe is doing I just <laughs> oh, that was good, though. <laughs> no, Imagine Matthew as a T-Bone. Yeah, my buddy T-Bone, he writes plays on Broadway now. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the opposite of calling a big guy tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew's more of a petit fit filet mignon. Yeah. <laughs> Not a T-Bone. Hey, salad. <laughs> that was my hey, side salad. Hey, side salad. Side salad. Side salad. <laughs> Old Maddie side salad. House salad. Hold the onions. We know Grant's nickname. I have a no. couple. Well, we know Granty Panties. Granty yeah, that's Panties. one. Uh, Berg's is a boring one. Berg's. Uh, what about Berg Dog? A couple friends call me Berg Dog. Is good. That's a good one. <laughs> couple Berg Dog. Berg couple call me Granimal. Uh, <laughs> but the sure. the first nickname that my sister still calls me, my eldest sister Elizabeth, because she was around when I was just speaking nonsense. Right. Uh, one Up of until you were fourteen. Your middle sister was also around. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But point, she right. didn't. She didn't adopt this. Uh, this sobriquet. Uh, she. <laughs> She, I, when I was a when I was a little baby, I used to say just gui all the time. So she calls me gui gui or gui gui. Like she'll, I'll say, "Hey Liz, how are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, how are you, gui?" Wow, still to this day. Yeah, wow, you're gui hmm. gui. How salad hold the onions? Skid Joey and T Bone. Yeah, <laughs> he called himself T Bone. Oh, T Bone, T Roy. Don't play games. Stop trying to make T Bone happen, Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call him Coco, Coco. the Gorilla. Coco, Coco the Gorilla. T Bone. T Bone. Is that how you did it? Did you just walk around school like just like surreptitiously? Nah, you know, T Bone's gonna got to do T Bone. T Bone's getting upset. <laughs> I hear about that. T-Bone, right? T-Bone doesn't like that font. <laughs> all, the, all the cheerleaders in the corner going, gosh, I just don't know how T-Bone stays so cool. I went to an all-boys school. Oh, yeah. All yeah. the male cheerleaders we in the corner. Have, didn't have cheerleaders. Do they, they don't do cheerleading at your sister's school? Uh, they did, but they are, there was a there they was cheerleaded for their uproar own parents. Um, that said they didn't want to have cheerleaders. They were like, this, this is no good. Stop. And so they stopped. And mm. so there are no cheerleaders. The school, that school did, not yes. your school. No, my school said no more cheerleaders, and they, they shut it down. Your school of all all bo- all Catholic teenage boys mm-hmm. said we don't want to have cheerleaders anymore. 
Yes, yes, there was an uproar amongst some of the teachers. They were like, shut this down. Oh, the teachers. Yeah. Shut teachers. this down or else T-Bone's going to have a fit. Yep, T-Bone's, <laughs> T-Bone's getting upset. Um, <laughs> T-Bone is like, what era are we living in? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. For the record, I was called a variety of things. Yeah, tell me what you were called. Not Matty Caps? Uh, uh, I feel like that got thrown in there every once in a while. There was a lot of... What did Rachel Bloom call you? Didn't Rachel Bloom come up with a nickname for you? Yes, me? Rachel Bloom came up with a nickname for me in college. Yeah. I don't, she called me uh, Cop of the Cocksuck. That's right. Uh, oh. Rachel Bloom from My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend yes. gave you the thank nickname Capricorn. Thank Cox you, Skid. <laughs> thank you, Matthew. Don't thank, don't thank me. Thank it's Rachel. My, yeah, wife, my Rachel. wife's favorite show, by the way. Let her know. It's wonderful. Oh, it's yeah. a great show. Love that show. It's Capita absolutely Cox wonderful. Cox. There, well, there, well, Crap of the Casa was the... Was the, the this oh. sounds so fruitful. But like, that, was the, that was the standard, and she found that objectionable because it was too easy. Yeah, right. Um, I got I got some like Cappy Cap Capo I'll make you feel better Capo though was there was one mean kid uh, who was a skateboarder so he was just like uh, always wearing like ripped black Jenkos and like a, a fucking My Chemical Romance t-shirt in class and shit uh, one, like cool one, one time he called me Turd Burglar <laughs> Man. well one time huh? I mean that's so adaptable you could you could put anything and then say burglar and yeah. it would be fun yeah I like Berg Dog Berg dog. Like it's, it. like I'm a, dog. it's like I'm a bird dog, yeah. but a Berg dog. I like uh, Bergdorf Goodman. Mm. <laughs> That's, he's That's an all right guy. He's a Berg, Bergdorf Goodman. Yeah, not Bergdorf. He's a good man. Bergdorf Goodman. <laughs> 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 a friend of mine, his, his last name was Feynman, and his older brother's name was Adam, so we referred to him as a damn fine man. <laughs> a That's damn good. fine man. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but if Troy gets to go by T-Bone, I want to be known as Iceberg. Ooh, that's good. Iceberg. Now that's we got Capita Coxsack, Joey Skid, Iceberg, and T-Bone. Iceberg and T-Bone. Hey. hey. Yeah, you make a great team with the side salad. <laughs> <laughs> iceberg. Oh, an iceberg wedge <laughs> yeah. salad. Yeah. Oh, uh, no one could drive a wedge between your friendship. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Got to start with the house salad, move on to the T-Bone. <laughs> <laughs> we got a whole steak dinner here. <laughs> and Joey. And Joey, Joey yeah. hey, my buddy Joey, yeah. just put a pat of butter on the Joey potato. <laughs> we could just call you potato. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, there was there was a really, really kind uh, cook that worked at the restaurant that I worked at in high school. Uh, where I was a busboy, where I, I really love to eat the dinner rolls because I'm a fatty and I love rolls. <laughs> and uh, he was like, have another roll, bread boy. And then everybody started calling me bread boy. Oh, that's better than, how did that's you, better than Capita Cox. Yeah. How did you bury the lead like that, Joseph? I know. Well, I didn't remember it until this old, old Joey bread roll. I was 16 years old, busing bread tables at a country boy. club. And for years, my teenage bud were like, have another roll, bread boy. <laughs> they loved it. They loved it. Oh, that's good. Bread yeah, boy. I love bread so much. Joey uh, bread boy. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, the other one, I, when I, this was not when I was a teenager, but when I worked at the advertising agency, I was alternately Capo Madness Capodine. Madness? Mad, Mad, and Mad, then also like Madness. Hunger Games. I like so, Madness. And Mad, madness. Madness and Madness Capodine. Wow. Wow. That nice. shows your age. That movie yeah. came out 20 years after I got nicknames. Yeah. 20 years after I was known as T-Bone. Around campus. 20 years after T-Bone was banging. <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing where you go to college? Well, I, when I was called Matt my whole life, but I actually 
prefer Matthew. And I, when I went to college, I was like, I'm going to introduce myself as Matthew to everybody. And yeah. then I was just so in the habit of being Matt that I forgot. Um, yeah. But I was like, I just imagine you walking around campus, like <laughs> writing writing letters to the editor at the school paper just so you can sign them T-bone <laughs> the valley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well... What are going to be the nickname uh, of the new party after uh, <laughs> Grant know. gets taken out and you don't have a primary da- damage dealer? Um, I, th- I say we call them the awkward segue. <laughs> the that's awkward. A good, that'll be the party name. That's, that's, the that's party all name. I had. Um, this is bad news here. I want to talk about Metra's decision to eat their step. Obviously, um, it would have cleaved and probably hit you. Yes. Knocked you unconscious? Or worse, left you low. No, if it, it would have left me low. That was, and I, so I knew that if the you were probably going to hit, mm-hmm. and that meant you were going to cleave. Yeah, I gave away that cleave. I do that a lot. I tell more than I should because if did. you didn't know about cleave, you wouldn't eat the step. Well, I mean, I you was, shouldn't have done it. I was going to eat her. Have step. some honor. I was going to eat her step when the other giant stepped up to me. Okay, so I just did it earlier. Yeah, but the cleave would have hit. Um, but uh, if yeah, if that when that when that the fire giant gets up to me, I mean, I don't have. Baron's AC, I don't have the defensive training. It was going to hit, and it was if I had already taken damage from the cleave, I was probably going to die. If I had a crit, I was definitely going to die. Instead, it now is going to lay out a vile strike on on uh, on Baron. Now, Baron, uh, Baron, I assume, is in bad shape, but, but okay, uh, shape. okay shape. Okay shape. Um, obviously, a crit here is what really uh, could hurt you because of the vital strike. I think I don't know yeah. if I said it on air. I think I did. Yeah, twelve d six plus sixty two damage. Oh my crits. god! Um, crit seventeen to twenty. Oh my now, god! Now obviously your your defensive training is going to help out here. Yes, um, but I'm going to leave power attack on it. Didn't work that last time. I think it's going to work this time. Oh my god! Let's just see what happens. I'm going to stick to the die that I was using last week because it's my new favorite die. And uh, if I'm gonna die, can I get some tense music, Joe? I'm please, look, I'm looking for it. Some tense. I was, I was trying to bring up some oh, I tense. I don't want to die to the sounds of it. <laughs> there it is. He did it. My Giant life is flashing on. before my eyes. He did it. Grant leaned back in his chair and looked off into the middle distance. <laughs> Here comes the great sword. Um. All right. Let's just let's just do this. You've been waiting. You've been waiting a week. You were in this. Whew. I'm nervous for you, buddy. Listen, I just hope it's Troy rolling and not T Bone. <laughs> you know what's funny is, well, no, I think even uh, a 17 would hit your AC. So let's just see. Natural two. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, Had to wait a whole week. Oh man, I'm feeling cool as an iceberg. Should have known Berg Dog was gonna get out of this oh, one. Berg Dog, oh, Berg, Berg Dog, Dorf Goodman. You know you 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 know you work for a podcast and media network now. You could just tell people your name is Tebow. You, you could introduce yourself on live shows. You watch your mouth when you're talking to Tebow. Tell them what to do. <laughs> I de- I definitely th- I definitely think we should have shirts made with our nicknames on them. Yeah. <laughs> Let uh, me tell you the story of Troy A. Lavalster sometime. Yeah. Troy A. Lavalster. Yeah, I don't want to tell it on air, um, but it's a really funny story. What a tease. Yeah, Troy A. Lavalster. I don't I like want, that one. I, like I don't that want one. my son ever to listen back to this. Oh, it's too late. I've already said too many horrible. I've things. already revealed Cup of the But Cox the Troy A. Lavalster story. I'm. I'll say it for another time. Uh, 
I mean, just what a horseshoe up your ass. A natural two. If that was Dalgrith, it would have been a 25 on the die. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> 25 on the die. I don't die. know. This is... Oh, paint would have fallen from the ceiling, landed on the die, and turned the zero into a five. Uh, instead, natural two. Unbelievable. So we just move on to the next round. He is the luckiest fucking guy in the world. Always. I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. Yeah, no. you're not out of no, the woods. No, no. I'm just saying, like, these pivotal moments, it seems to have die rolls go as well. Well, you know what? That's why 247 episodes later, this guy is still yeah. sitting still, uh, around he's and faded. His destiny kicking. is too great. He's touched. Uh, now, it looks like, Baron, I'm, I'm helping you out here. You are able to five-foot step. And not be within reach. All right. It is my turn now. Yes. I was so concerned with... I was torn. Okay. So we have dealt damage to both of these creatures, correct? Uh, No, the skeleton has yet to be touched. Oh, boy. Um, And the fire drive's in pretty good shape. Jesus. Uh, I think I'm going to go after the regular giant because of that vital strike action it has. That Kung Fu grip, Troy. Yeah, no, I hear you. And it crits 17 to 20. Yeah. Gotta so take we got to take that shit out. Here comes the first shot. Natty 14. Oh, That's going to yeah. be a hit. Can we okay. get to go? A big old hit. Uh, ooh, looking good there. Uh, that is 30 points of damage. Nice. Show misfire, and you you probably be fine. Second attack is a, also a hit. Uh, ooh. Uh, 33 points of damage. Okay, Larry Bird. Am I the only one that microwaves all their food for 33 seconds in honor of Larry Bird? I think so. (laughs) Okay, because I do. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's such an anal retentive thing. Or a minute 33. You know, I do the same thing, but I lick all my french fries. In honor of Laybird. <laughs> That's good. We'll explain that one after the show, yeah, guys. The that show. was really funny. Uh, 29 <laughs> points of damage. 29 points of damage. The okay. final attack. Your ninth attack. Come on. The final countdown. Natural oh! fucking oh! 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 It's dead. That is a hero. That's what yeah, it feels like to bring a hero woo! to the table. Very heroic. Looks Phenomenal. like a hero to a knife fight. <laughs> the return yeah. of granny panties. You know, and you could you could sit there and that's uh, what he always does. That final strike hits. I mean, it could have knocked you unconscious, maybe killed could've you. Could have killed, but it would never hit. It would never hit. Well, a natural two I rolled. It would have hit. I think I had a 50, No, just because of his chance. luck. I'm, he would I'm, never I'm, have I'm hit. saying mystically, it would luck, never yeah, have mystically. hit. Mystically. Yeah, Into the, the mystic, baby. Great song. Torag has protected both Baron and Grant. I prayed to Torag. <laughs> that's, that's what feels great about this. It is Nestor's turn. Nestor, uh, you got Metra and Baron kind of blocking you there. But no, he doesn't. Oh, Metra's not Metra, there. No. Oh, so you've got a nice, plane. clean shot. Yeah, Nestor is going to slide in one little five-foot step to get a bit, little bit clearer shot on this skeleton okay. and start firing away. Uh, first shot knocks two arrows into old Jota. Uh, that is a 32 to hit. That is a hit. All right. Nice. And let's roll. Ooh, baby. Damage. 57 points of damage total. Does it matter? Oh, yeah. Uh, and six of that is electricity. 57 and six electricity. Uh, okay. 57 total. 51 regular damage. Uh, six points of electricity. That is... Okay. Big boy damage, by the I way. Know. People talk about Baron, but that is 
big boy. Yeah, many shot is really, really nice to have. Okay, all right, that yeah, that that fucks him up. Second attack. Uh, Natty 18! Almost a crit. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, that's 16 points of regular damage, 4 points of electricity. Okay. Still up. Final attack. Big attack here. Oh, Natty 16! Uh, that is a 28. That is a hit. Oh, wait, no. 28? That is a miss. Uh, oh. Wow. I thought the 9016 would go, but that was your lowest attack bonus, That right? was, yeah. Okay, so that misses. You know how uh, there are words that you read and you understand and you know, you're reading a book and you get it, but you never really see it in real life? Mm-hmm. I never understood what a rueful smile was until Joe smiled at, <laughs> at Skid's last roll and they were all double digits and the double last digits, one was a 16. Double digits, double digits, double digits. It was just so rueful. It was, it was just, like... Yep. Yeah. Uh, what an amazing feeling that must be. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. It was One great. after another. <laughs> and at an important moment, too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like in vital moments. <laughs> well, uh, you're up, Red Boy. Let's see what you got. All right. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Have another dice roll, Red Boy. <laughs> uh, they're all going to laugh at you, Bread Boy. Uh, if you don't think you're going to be called Bread Boy by every person at every live show, you're out of your mind. There's going to be Bread Boy posters in the audience. Yeah. People point, are going to hold up signs point. that says, have another roll, Bread People Boy. are going to be throwing Hawaiian rolls Wait, at you. Have another roll. I would roll. love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. roll of the dice. Yeah. No, Red it works. It's going to be a Nick Lowe drop. It's going to make a song about <laughs> it. Bread Boy! <laughs> Uh, all right, Dogwraith is just going to. Damn it! I left my behind. I'll get up there, and he's just going to start. He's going to double move toward the combat, but he's hundreds of feet away. He's like limping, like trying yeah. to run down this hallway over uh, over this mask on the floor. Last match, they should have taken me with you. Do you want to uh, stay adjacent to the pit? Uh, what? Where are you? I'm. I'm all. I'm so far away. It doesn't matter. I'm irrelevant. Can okay. move on. I just wanted you to move uh, right up to the pit and then roll a reflex save and fall in. <laughs> no. You could run, though. I'm like two rounds from the pit. No, I, I'm flavor not running because I don't think he's got it in him. Okay. Okay. Um, well, it is Metra's turn before the skeleton axe. So Metra blinks back onto the, uh, the material plane, <laughs> but can only take move actions. Ah. Oh. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So she will take a five-foot step to get outside the reach of the skeleton. Okay. And then take another move action to get behind Nestor. Okay. Uh, Thereby leaving Baron open for another. Uh, Multiple. This would be a full attack action now. He's not. Uh, Five-foot step. I'm going to reiterate that that dead corpse is difficult to write. <laughs> it is. It, by the rules, it is he's, difficult to write. I will. I will look it up. Uh, this is what I need you to do. I need you to roll damage for the hungry pit. You're right. I do. I forgot. I forgot that was still going. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mister Cotta. Seventeen points of damage. It only had seven hit points left. Oh yeah. yeah. So. The hungry pit feasted once more. Yes. <laughs> Mommy hungry. All right. It is the skeleton's turn. Um, Some creatures, particularly very large ones, 
may present an obstacle even when helpless. In such cases, each square you move through counts as two squares. Oh, Pyro. May present. You and your maze. Well, that's because they want GMs to run their game. Well, that's what I'm here for. Yes. Old bread rolls. Particularly very <laughs> large ones. This is the language I heard. Now you're just fat shaming. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's bread boy. I'm sorry. Um, I'm you a bread him. man now. <laughs> He's a carboholic. Well, here's the thing. Look at the five foot step that I want to take here. Look on the map. Uh-huh. It only would overlap with one of the four squares. It doesn't matter. On that space. Well. He, he, his whole step is a 10 by 10 square. Right. But this is a large creature. Now, if I say if one of you guys tried to occupy the space of a fallen giant, guaranteed difficult terrain. But that old May there. Capita Casa. How salad hold the onions. That leaves it up to perhaps a roll of the dice. I'm leaves it up say, to T-Boat. Since this is going to be a full attack on Baron. By rules as written, if any part of, a, of the terrain a creature moves over is difficult terrain, then the extra movement is spent. Ooh. But we're, I'm going to go find the We're deciding movement. whether or not this it is, is difficult, difficult terrain. terrain. That not, precludes your right, statement. Right, right, right. Even Grant agrees, and he's the one that's going to be in the line of fire here. Yeah. I'm going to say there's four you know squares. Because I'm not a crap at a... Well, I'm not going to say the rest no. of it. I'll let it... You're a Bergdorf good man. Yeah, thank you. There are four squares that this dead giant takes up. I'm going to say that if you roll a four on a D4, it's difficult terrain. One, two, or three, full attack action on your ass. That is both fair and wise. Is it just... Dose. Dose Equis. We're going to do a full attack action here. <sighs> Leaving power attack on. Odds are in your favor. Ever in your favor. Isn't that right, Katniss? Well, he- oh, so you, rolled, so you rolled and decided that he didn't have difficult terrain. Is what you're Correct. Yes. I mean, it makes sense. Like, if we were to walk through a medium creature, dead creature square, we wouldn't call that difficult terrain for us. Did- so it's large. It's walking through the, another large. The only argument I would have against it, and I'm going with this rule now, is like if you put like one of your feet into like like on someone's thigh on a football t- field. Yeah, but then but then any but then any dead creature would would count right. as difficult terrain. But yeah. Also, the person on the field isn't five feet wide and five feet long. You know what I mean? Just because right. they're in that square doesn't right. mean there isn't ample space to step. But as you you are fond of pointing out, Joe, there is no such thing as facing in Pathfinder. So you facing. Yeah, well, so I don't know how that comes into play here because you're well, saying because he's saying they occupy every part of the square ah, and nothing of the square all at the right. same time. Schrodinger it's, Square. You know, and I'll tell you, if he had occupied, if if this five foot step had occupied two, we would have had a different conversation. Got it. Instead, we're going to do three attacks. Power attack is on. Those second two attacks are going to be tough to Ooh. hit. Actually, the first one might be tough to hit. Crits nineteen Ooh. to twenty. Let's see what happens here. First attack. That is going to be. A 32 to hit. Miss. Oh. All right. <sighs> Giant subtype, correct? Giant subtype. Yes. All right. All right. It's going to be very <sighs> mess with Baron, hard dude. to hit. Don't mess with Baron. That would have been a hit if I had not taken the blessing of Torek. The sacred uh, protection. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. This is going to be. Final judgment here. of the day. Second attack. Thirty-one. Yes. yes. Okay. Final attack. It's gonna have to probably be a natural twenty, because uh, even a nineteen wouldn't hit you. And even a natural twenty probably won't confirm a crit. 
Miss. Yes! yes. yes. Oh. He's so blessed. It's like in Fellowship of the Ring when the cave troll is attacking Gimli. And it's just like swinging over his head, like smashing the sarcophagus, and it's flying it's around. Keeps, like, yeah, moving. Just, just ducking enough. and weaving, ducking and weaving, bobbing and weaving. Absolutely bro. huge. And uh, Baron, it is your turn. Holy moly. I'm going to take a convenient five foot step back, toe to toe with Nestor Coin. Yep. Shoot him right in the fucking knee. No, uh, gonna do a full <laughs> round. Boom. First attack on Coin's knee. <laughs> Bam! Misfire. Uh, first attack is gonna be on this fire giant. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Almost a misfire with an 18, but didn't quite misfire. Yeah. So let's see what the damage is. Ooh, nine. Um, that is uh, 32 points of damage, or 31 <laughs> points of damage. And the final skeleton is dead. Yes! Oh, yes! How the hell did we oh get out God. of that combat? Wow. Metra. Metra is how we got out of that combat. I, when we finished the last episode, I was like, this has been one, of, that was one of my favorite combats that we've had so far, and it lived up to the hype. It felt really evenly balanced. Like, you were definitely doing damage to my guys. I was laying out significant damage. You weren't, like, throwing the house at them, Metra, especially with your once-a-day powers, but you were you were being very smart. That could have easily gone uh, a number of really horrible ways if I just rolled a couple more 19s wow. or 20s. Yeah. Huge, wow. huge. Give yourself a round of applause. All right. Good job. Good job. Well played. Particularly Dograth, oh. I think. It's really, <laughs> really stepped up and made the difference. Yeah, if you got to throw an MVP out in there. In the battle. Hey, look I'm, not, look, I'm not looking for compliments. So just, <laughs> I'm just saying. He's a great character. You don't want yes. a medal of freedom or anything. Wow. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what do you do here? Uh, you assume Dalgrith is dead. I, I don't assume that. Yeah. He's limping back up to everyone, you know, towards the Yeah, door. we head back to the doors. Yeah. Head back to the doors. Okay. Baron, she left me behind. I wouldn't have left you, brother. Is the mask... That was my choice. Still on the floor? It sure is. It is just, uh, you know, uh, stretched all the way across the room and sitting on the floor. It doesn't seem to be affecting you at all, um, but it's very ominous. Can I do a knowledge check on it? Yeah, you want to roll on knowledge religion? Ooh, I'd like to join on that. Can't do it. Can't do it. Baron, Ain't got it. Give me a religion. Mother pus bucket. 28. Bam zoning. This is the holy, mm. holy symbol of Zerzvater. Oh. So it's not, but, it, but, but why did it happen? And it, what effect does it have? Did, do we remember what, what triggered, triggered it? it? Yeah. Because once we were all in there, it fired off. Um, yeah, you don't quite know. Um, Even with the 28 You walked into the room, and it didn't immediately happen. But as you got deeper into the room, it appeared. So maybe they triggered something, or maybe you triggered something. Um, but you're not quite sure. And why it appeared uh, with the 28 Knowledge Relig, it, it, it isn't tied into a, a religious reason. Uh, there's something magical happening. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just me being nervous, but there's something sort of unsettling about that giant menacing head that magically appeared on the floor underneath us. I think it's just you. You afraid? No, just unsettled. Unsettled. No, I'd say if I was, you'd know if I was afraid. By the way, were you, uh... Do you think we weren't going to come back for you? 
No, I knew you would. No, you can't resist me, can you? You can't resist my charms. Runs in the family. The charms? No, runs at the uh, uh, inability to resist my charms. My charms, uh, unfortunately, skipped a generation. (laughs) (laughs) Poor dad. <laughs> what, what you you talk about your father sometimes? What happened to him? Oh, it's a long, sad story. I don't think we have time to relay it now. It's not important. Anyway, uh, what we do now, eh? Search the bodies. Yeah, of course. There we go. Woman after my own heart. And uh, yeah, I definitely start doing that. Give the old bodies a search. All right. So the skeletons have just been uh, reduced to piles of rubble, and uh, the bodies of the fire giants. Um, still lay there. Let's talk about the skeletons. They both have, uh, all four of them, uh, have masterwork great swords. Obviously, one of those uh, is trapped at the bottom of a hungry pit. It rises to the top when the pit expires. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all wearing masterwork uh, full plate. These are giant, giant, large-sized. That's all they have on their person. Um, You wonder about their story. How did they come to be? Uh, how did they come to join these uh, fire giants as guardians of this area? Um, now, the uh, fire giants, there's two of them. They uh, each have magical great swords, obviously large size. Uh, they each have uh, two potions on them. Mm. They have magical armor, and they each have a magical ring. Oh. That is nice. Pretty, pretty nice. Spellcraft? Yeah, give me a, give me a spellcraft if anybody wants to aid. 25. 25? Do you need more? Because uh, I can aid. That's fine. Uh, plus one great swords. Plus two half plate. Mm. Uh, they each have two potions of cure serious. Nice. nice. And they each have a ring of minor cold resistance. Oh, okay. So oh, fire giants! Hmm. It's a good thing I didn't hit them with the uh, cone of cold. Oh yeah. So we should each take a potion of cure series. Yep, sounds yep. good. What are you going to do now? This is uh, this is a new area of the uh, mountain. Obviously, you've keep, you've been uh, going up, 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 climbing. You went to this area, and the first battle you get into is one of your toughest. You could argue that, obviously, the dragon fight was more difficult, but that was unwinnable. <laughs> this was more difficult than Skirkotla on the dual hand at the end of the day. But timing and luck is everything. I am very badly hurt, and I notice that some of you are as well. Um, yeah, should we do some healing? Yeah. We've got to jump on them now. If there's any way to continue forward, we should try. But we do need to be healed. I'm not, per- hanging out. I'm not particularly well stocked on spells right now, but um, I have a little. What have you got, Mitra? Could you teleport us out into, uh, in, a, in an emergency? I've got I've got three level five spells left, so that's teleport right there. Actually, I could and I could even use a level six or level seven slot for it. So we could always peek ahead and then teleport out. We could see what we're looking at. So if we back. get into another combat like that, or worse. Yeah, I mean, if that's what they were guarding, just think about what it is, and we had that much difficulty against that, or you did. Just think about what it is they were guarding. Ah, but we'd like to see it, though, before we leave, so we know what we're up against. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not dissatisfied. My curiosity, sure. Well, I, can take a, I could go take a look if you'd like. We, hold on. We got a sense, right, when we were uh, forced to battle right after that giant Pete Oliver bear and we were in the cages. We were told that teleportation magic wouldn't work or just that they would kill our friends? You would, they would, you would, yeah, they would kill their yeah, friends. Okay, so I, I wanted to make sure... So what 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 is the danger that faces us if we peek in and teleport real quick? Or if, if there's I, some situation that prevents us from teleporting? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've also could, I could also cloak of etherealness. Ooh, way, yeah. do it just do it once. Though the last time we we tried this in a, a mountain in a particularly well guarded area, Troy gave us. Uh, I didn't want to go down this road, but yeah. Not great. Not the most. It's the metagame road, which is like he just won't tell you what's actually there. That's good. You're on a different plane. I give you a little flave. A little flave. I want a little flave of flave. Flave of love. Right, but you see living creatures when you're on the ethereal plane, don't you? And even unliving creatures. Right. You see things. You see the things on the material plane. So I don't know if it's a waste of the garment because of Troy's interpretation of how it works. Hmm. I don't think it's a waste. If there's any things on the other side of that door, it's a huge win. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Once we do our healing, I'll 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 jaunt over. All right. So you do your healing, whatever that's going to be. Uh, how are you guys doing on wands? If you burn through all this healing, we now have one full wand of cure light wounds remaining. We burned through everything else. We and burned everyone. through two partial wands. Okay. On the way to get here. All right. So after the healing, you mean you'll have one? Yes. One left. Okay. Cool. Uh. So you want to do your stupid ethereal jaunt? Yeah, I'll, I'll activate the cloak, and I'll slip through. I'll wait till we get up to the door. Let's all go up to the door. Yeah. So you yeah. all walk up to the door. has the same image on it uh, that is stretched across the room, an image of the holy symbol of Zerzvater. The room lit by those uh, magma-like-looking rocks on the volcanoes and the alcoves. And you jaunt on through. I'll be back in a bit. You see that the next room is uh, oval in shape. And the walls of this oval cavern are uh, carved in a way that resembles a, uh, a volcanic mountain range. It's almost as if uh, this room is made to look like it lay in the center of a uh, miniature mountain valley. Wow. Flickering flames behind the volcanic calderas give the appearance of flowing lava throughout <laughs> the room on the walls, and the walls between the peaks of the mountains are painted to look like looming, shadowy mountains. You're seeing this all, obviously, in the ethereal plane, but it, it's it's illuminated uh, enough for you to be able to get the sense of light and dark. On the northeast end uh, of the room, right where you're walking in, you see uh, an image on the floor uh in the shape of that fanged helmet that stretched across the room, but it's smaller. It's like a 10-foot square. It's inlaid with red and orange tiles. So even though everything looks gray and ephemeral, you still get the sense of the beauty of this room. Maybe it's not beautiful to you, but you can tell it's beautiful to some people. 
there is a large brazier lit standing in the center of the room surrounded by four chairs, probably steel chairs. You can see the uh, gaps between the mountain carvings on the wall look like they're partially concealing three exits from this room. How far in do you go? Um, I mean, how big is the oval? You said I can, my sight, what's my sight limited to in the ethereal plane? Like 60 feet, 60 I think, feet. yeah. Um, it is... Like, can I see the walls? I mean, it looks, it goes on hundreds of feet. So to the brazier from the door is about 75, 80 feet. So it's like a giant oval? Mm-hmm. I mean, I go in pretty far. I got, I got 10, 10 minutes. So you go past the brazier? Yeah. All right, so you go past the brazier, and as you do, you see a large, very large shape that almost looks like a pile of corpses. <laughs> but it's undulating. Oh, God in heaven. As if it's... As if the entire pile is breathing. Oh, man. And it's just... Whatever this is, is, is hunkered down and just... You just see it pulse every once in a while, and it just looks like corpses piled on top of each other with nails and oh, bolts and shit. Come on, Lavalley! It's it takes up an enormous part of the back end of the room. Wow! Does it look like a bunch of individual corpses that are just piled on top of each other, or they look like there's somehow one organism that's breathing together? More B than A. Okay. Like a giant mountain of corpses. I'll proceed a little further to see what's on the other side of the pile. Uh, you go around, and it looks like some sort of creature, but it is. Like, it, the way it's hunkered down, you can't see if there's a face, uh, what arms and legs it may have. It's hard to tell. It looks like some sort of single unit, but the way that it's sitting there, it's hard to it's hard to really figure out what's going on with it. However, going past it, you do see uh, these these exits. Now, clearly, there's one uh, to the n- northwest, one directly west, and then one to the southwest out of the room. And the one to the west looks like there's a door. All right. I uh, return back to my friends, and I report the, uh, the horrors I've seen. And I come out out of the ethereal plane once I'm the door. That sounds really horrible. It was truly horrific. I don't know how we fight that thing if it is something that we can fight at all. Oh no! It was. It appeared to be on the ground. Did it seem like it was sleeping? Like did it seem like it was inert? Hard to tell. Why were they protecting it? Why were they guarding it? Were they guarding it, or were they just keeping it from getting out? That's a good question. Or is it some kind of creation or pet? Maybe it's like two groups of guards. One's guarding one sort of gauntlet that you get through, and then that's a second gauntlet that's guarding something further along. Can based off of the descriptions we hear from uh, Metra... Is there any type of check we can do to cross-reference it with... You said it was Zerzvacher on the floor? 
Uh, yeah, she saw in uh, like a glyph on the floor that looked uh, identical to the one that stretched out mm-hmm. in the room that you're currently in, but it was so small. there's no other meaning we get from anything else, no. other, like a ritual or no. Whatever. I mean, obviously, the area you're entering holds some religious significance, right. and this uh, iconography of Zerzvader seems to be prominent. Hmm. Man, and Zerzvader doesn't have any connection to undead stuff, does he? Uh, to your knowledge, no. It's like the fire giant god. The first time you heard of Zerzvader, I believe, was in Minderhall's Valley when you came to an old temple. Uh, before uh, you yeah. even yeah, but spoke. only Baron would have seen that. And that was before you even spoke to uh, Atena when she told you uh, that you were the heroes reborn. And you had already found the... Uh, the important thing there, whatever it was. You the remember? ruby. They were like the, wasn't it the glowing crystals? or God, I can't remember, but there was yeah. a statue, yeah. And, yeah. and one of you rolled uh, Knowledge Religion. Might have been Sir Will. or I, I, I feel like, Baron, your religion wasn't as strong back then. Might have been Pembroke. No. That was pre It was Coin and Della. And oh, it Sir Coin, Della, and, Will, and Baron. And Baron, and yeah, it was a temple, and we we found the secret entrance, and we found the fire crystals yeah. in the back. That's oh, right. yeah. it was the fire crystals, yes. Yeah. The geodes or whatever. It is. That's yeah. back with, yeah. uh, what's his name? That all killed the... Uh, yeah. Umlo. Yeah. Umlo, yeah. Um, no, not Umlo. The, uh, the what's... Fung, Fungfar, right? No, I think that this was, was pre-Fungfar, yeah. No, this is pre-Fungfar. Pre- <laughs> Early Midrash We fought Valley. like a plant. Fungfar yeah. was in the, we, we was in the cave. Oh, the plant the, that had Swallow... It, it basically yes. like drank the blood of people that died there and shit. And Came to life. Yeah, Fungfar cool. was in the network of um, tunnels that led to the map room where we could f- find the location. Right. So crazy this game. How long? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we can't even keep track. We I need like George R. R. Martin's uh, assistance. Yeah. Know, know the story better than we do. Yeah. You know, I went back to that exact episode in that exact location uh, when we were doing episode two hundred. Because there were there were details about Sir Will's family and stuff like that that came out in that episode in that temple because we rested in that temple. Oh wow, that's right. Was there? A oh, that place. Oh, now now I remember. Yeah, yeah. No, there was no flashback in that scene, but he did. He spoke to Della about his uh, family in that scene, and so I had to go back to that for research. Wow. But it was in that temple of Zerzvater. Zerzvater. Yeah. Wow. So long that ago. That was a long time ago. It was ago. the fire giant god, yeah. And I remember you describing him as being like dwarven in sort of build. Yeah. He, looked like a giant dwarf. Yeah, it looks like that, a like, giant that dwarf. That ruins. Yeah, we were so confused because like, are they emulating dwarves? Or are they? And it was the same in the when we saw the caves where we saw the ash peak symbol for the Right, where the time. dwarves were clearly enslaved by the giants. Right, right, there. right. Is there, uh, this might be, if it's not Jermaine and you want to move on from it, that's fine. But I'm just curious. Is there, it's Tita. Is, is there <laughs> an, right. antagonism between <laughs> Zer's Vater and, uh, and, and Thremir? Um, oh, that's interesting. Because they're like frost and fire and Yeah, whatever. I mean, there's, there's generally speaking, animosity between the giant tribes, right? So it stands to reason there might be. Give me a little... Uh, I was just thinking of that because of my Thremier's But they're both off. evil, right? Give me a little uh, knowledge or lich. Okay. Uh, 22. They don't get along. <laughs> there's Vader... Uh, despises Thramir. Oh, shit. And I'm walking Why? around. It's like weak or... Um, they're... Because their elements are opposed, 
um, I think it's you know you gotta imagine if you're like really superstitious or uber religious and like this like no this is not right yeah their way of doing things is wrong our way of doing things is right yeah it looks like they're actually both on uh, opposite ends of the uh, the evil side of the spectrum so uh, Sirs Vader is lawful neutral lawful evil neutral evil and Thremir is on the other side. Chaotic neutral, chaotic evil, neutral evil. So they're on the bottom end. Wait, wait, wait. So Zers, that means Zersvater is lawful oh. evil? Yeah. That's what fire giants are? But yeah. You could, they, be, you could also be lawful neutral and worship Zersvater. Right. No, I know. But for the most part, they're lawful evil, which is shocking yeah. to me. It's the purest funny. of them. Whatever, Different ballgame, yeah. Whatever prototypical, stereotypical things I would think that just... Uh, by rote, the fire side would be the chaotic, the chaotic one, right. and lawful would be. That's the always forms. been. I think that's always been true. Like even going back to first edition, like they were always fire giants were lawful evil. Wow! Oh, wow. When you say first edition, you mean D and D? and D. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so interesting. It is. You know, I, I this isn't really. Uh, doesn't matter what you roll. Sure, I just man. think This is. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't really Tito, but um, <laughs> it's going to try that one again, huh? Spotter <laughs> uh, finds Gorham's warlike disposition pointless and considers Minderhall a pale imitation of himself. Hmm. Like stone giants are merely components of fire giants. Wow, that's rude. Wow. Spotter considers Torag's dwar- dwarven followers persistent pests but grudgingly respects him as a smith and encourages his followers to enslave dwarves. Oh, because I'll make great weapons for them. Yeah. yeah. And this goes back. Now, you, 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 Skid, you just said that yeah. you found those caves yeah. where dwarves were being enslaved, clearly, wow. by giants. And there was a temple to Zersvater not far away. Wow. So it makes sense. I respect you. So we're going to enslave you yeah. and <laughs> steal your secrets. Yeah. Well, Metro is going to make the case that since we are still, time is still of the essence, and we are still missing uh, our friends, and the chaos outside might be our only chance to move forward. We should uh, tackle this room now. Yes, if yes. Feels, if no, if you're feeling confident, we've got the great door grief. Hi, <laughs> you're in good hands, friend. Yeah, no, he's famed across the inner sea, and of course we've got Baron, so we know what he can do. And then he's me. So, yeah, I think we're in good shape. Shall we stage another surprise? Baron, as long as you've got all your judgments for the day, I think we're fine. Well, hold on, he pulls out both of his side pockets and flies fly out. He's like, I'm <laughs> straight out of judgments, brother. Uh, keep using that spider. I'm happy to go on, but as soon as there's a side of trouble, you get us out of there, Metra. All right. Should we stage another surprise, or you want to just kick in the door and do it all the old-fashioned way? Mm, oh, I think that would be pretty surprising. Yeah. What about a in dimension door? Is that too uh, reluctant? Too to valuable spells, to use, especially as I might have to use them to get us out of trouble once we're inside. I, I understand. All right. Perhaps I give it a go. Or do you want to do it, Nestor? A stealthy opening of the door. Yeah. If you could give me like a moment. And, ho- and I can make you both invisible. Yeah. But I insist, if it's locked, you gotta let Dalgrith go first. He's real. No, no, good at he's the real it. expert. So absolutely, I would Thank always you. defer to him in Thank matters you. of the lock. 
(laughs) Matters of the lock. He he seems to always run out of those lock picks. I don't know what happens. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no. It's like I guess if you're a real expert, you know, you sort of lose patience. Maybe it's a specialty (laughs) one for each type of lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be. (laughs) So, what's the plan? I'm going to make Dogreath and uh, Nestor invisible. Okay. Regular invisibility. Uh, I'm going to mirror image myself, and then we'll kick open the door and guns blazing. All right. So we're not going to try and stealth open the door. Um, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys want to do? Like, I mean, invisibility, but you're going to be moving. You're going to take a penalty to that. So whatever's in there is going to be able to perceive it. What do you want to do? Dogreath wants to sneakily open the door. And I would like to cast see invisibility in order to see where my... Hmm. Friends are as we go in there. Okay. Um, all right. So you're going to try and stealth open the door, mm-hmm. and you get a bonus to your stealth based on invisibility. But you're moving, so you take a penalty to your stealth. I think you get a plus twenty and then a minus ten. Do you know no, offhand? That, no, that that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I would just say I ignore invisibility. I'm opening a door, so like there's any number of things that have nothing to do with invisibility are would factor in. <laughs> That's right. Invisibility doesn't make you plus silent. forty on stealth checks uh, right. when you're invisible. When you're not moving. When you're moving, it's plus reduced 20 to plus twenty. When okay. you're moving. All right. What's so, the light situation in that room? By the way, well right. lit as far as you can tell. Okay. Shit is lit. So he's just going to try to. I don't know. Whatever. Stealth check. Uh, that is a doop doop a doop there doop are, a doop, doop. There are doop, now eight doop. metras. Forty-one. Eight metras. Forty-one. Stealthily opening the door. He's invisible, so the door is opening. Door is he, opening. He can't see anything. Whatever it is, can't see anything there. But if they sense the door opening, then we and can it, start combat. And if they see it and they're scared of ghosts, they have to run away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You open the door, and that pile in the back that Metro described to you does not flinch. A oh. 40 perception against your 41. Oh, wow. wow. Does not flinch. You just see it. Whatever it is, still breathing. Oh, my God. Is there a knowledge check we can do on this thing? Um. Yeah. Oh, that that's a good thing to do before we get into combat rounds. Uh, Knowledge well, dungeoneering. The door is open. You now see the room. I've revealed it. You see that fanged helm on the floor, and then in the back behind the brazier is this big pile. It's oh, so gross. Uh, all right, Dalgrath is going to move uh, at a plus twenty to stealth. It just starts going into the room along the wall. Okay. Trying to close on it. All right, so you move into the room. Uh, who moves next? And show me where. Uh, Dogwood, don't move past your available movement. I'm going to... Uh, in one round? Yeah, you move in like 70 feet. Metro will stay close to Baron and Nestor. Nestor or Baron, because she can't see Nestor. Okay. Where do you want to go, Baron? I'm also going to cast protection uh, from evil on myself. Um, okay. Not a bad move. Uh, I'll do the same. Um, should we stick together and let... You, two people are invisible now, right? Yeah. Should we let them infiltrate and then we can zippity-zoo around? Sure. Just understand, I don't have as much range as I used to. It's 20 feet. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't, and I don't have a lot of ability to zippity-zoo us around. 
but only you know once or twice yep understood especially since it's well lit in here yeah i mean i can stealth a little bit but since it's well lit it doesn't make sense for me to try to go in so metra and i will be kind of in the back station looking around checking our sixes luckily though outside of whatever the giants screamed or whatever the fire giant screamed my gun's not making noise anymore Mm -hmm. nestor's bow is quiet outside of whatever electricity maybe maybe not makes noise dalgrith Never stabs anything, so no noise there. So uh, did the two of you walk into the room? Yeah, I'll stealth in. Yeah, we'll stealth in. All right, so uh, move on to the map and roll stealth check. Okay, I'll move here. I'm going to be careful not to step on the symbol on the floor. Metro, you're going to stand here next to me? I was going to go in about that far. All right, I'll stand next to Metro there. We're going about 20 so feet into the room. So you're both flanking out to the left, yeah, behind, following behind Dahlgren. No, yep. we don't know that. Baron does. Baron, Baron does. does. I, I might be like, I, oh, I could be. You know what I'll be doing? I'll be okay. using the gloves of Whisper to message to you okay. where, how to follow. Yeah, what did you say last week? We still don't know. Secret. Damn it. It didn't happen in the battle. Totally so I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to tell now. Uh, blah, 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 stealth of a 26. 25. Okay. And Nestor, what are you doing? Uh, once Baron gets into the room, he's going to come in right behind him. Uh, to the east of the helmet on the floor. Is it right behind Baron and okay. Della? Metra. Yeah, uh, uh, Metra. And down down the length of the wall from Dalgrith, who's further ahead by about 15 feet. Describe the helmet again. Uh, Is it painted on the floor? Yeah, it looks like a glyph on the floor. Okay. Um, of the same exact image that was stretched out. Um, fang steel helm with like fire fire emblazoned. It's like red and orange tiles on the floor. Metra couldn't see this on the ethereal plane, but now you see the brilliant colors, uh, everything, and the walls. It's like I said, it's beautiful. It looks like a a museum uh, the way it's painted. Hmm. Um, but there are three exits that you can see: one, two, three. Northwest, west, and southwest. Uh, we get that knowledge check, by the way. I'm going to have Nestor roll a stealth check, and then I'll give you your knowledge check. Uh, that is a fifty-six. Fifty-six. <laughs> the good news is Dalgrith and Nestor definitely passed their stealth checks. I knew we should have waited. However, Metra and Baron both failed. Matthew, I didn't forget your knowledge check. However, as you two enter the room. The figure on the floor stands up, and this pile that was already taking up a a large space uh, stands up to full height and turns to look at you. And you see the eyes of this gargantuan creature open wide. And if you didn't know any better... It looks like it smiles behind its patchwork skeletal and empty uh, carcass, uh, like muscular uh, carcass face. Roll for initiative. Oh, Oh my my goodness. And while you do that, please refer to the map and look at this creature. Oh, wow. Come on. Look at that thing. Gross. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It has like nails pounded into it. It looks like a flesh golem it with looks like, like bone armor the on it. Boss of Mutant League football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like Bones That's Jackson. Bo- yeah, Bones Jackson <laughs> of Mutant League football. Wow, that thing is huge. 
Oh, that is not how you described it. It sounded like an ooze the yeah. way you described well, it. It actually does look kind of like Bones Jackson. It does. I love Bones Jackson. Yeah. But I'd hate it when we get injured and his whole arm would fly off. Yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> I love those games. Those were good. Mother. How'd it go, Joe? So your, uh, shitty. A niche. Natural goddamn two. So what's the total? 14. Not great. Metra? 23. 23 for Metra. Uh That's a natural 20 for a 31. Oh, there's a guy you want to see go early. <laughs> Looks like everybody did good, Baron. <laughs> oh, damn it. I got a natural one. I'm Joe. Oh, oh did you really get him one? <laughs> yeah, but I got a 16, so I still beat him. <laughs> Joe. Joe has left the table. He left. He's, he's going so to Joe the, he's has so left the building. So mad. <laughs> Round one. Big ass room. I mean, we're talking in terms of length, uh, 165, 160 feet across, uh, and then at least 100 feet wide. You have this burning brazier in the middle surrounded by chairs. Dahlgreth snuck into the room uh, furthest. Followed by Metra, Baron, and Nestor, one by one, uh, a little bit closer to the door, just uh, to the southeast of that fanged helmet glyph. It's round one, and it is Nestor Natural 20's turn. Uh, okay. Is God, this the, thing is 95 feet away from you. Is, does this thing have, does it have giant subtype? Uh, good question. No. Ah, you know what? I think it does. Yeah, it's weird. It like in the parentheses of all the things that it is, it does say giant. Yes. So uh, then, so then, yeah, yeah. Okay. P- pretty clear. Yeah, but usually it'll say. Well, yeah. Okay. okay it, it's so giant, yeah. If if it's yeah humanoid, anyway, I'm gonna do a knowledge local. Okay. On it. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, that's a thirty-five. This is a creature known as a Hell Gigas. Gigas. It is an extra planar, gargantuan, uh, giant uh, creature that is composed of like the the bones of its victims just twisted around this uh, this weird obviously humanoid body uh, covered in angry red burns and the jagged scars of of, of, of hundreds of crippling battles um, it's very strong and well, I, no, it's I don't know wearing so if it's, armor if it's extra planar I don't know if I would actually know this if okay. it's humanoid if it has a humanoid subtype then I would know this but if it's like Otherwise, this might be a knowledge planes situation. I'm not sure. Sure, but it is humanoid. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, it is. All right. Yeah, it's a gargantuan humanoid that just also happens to be. It also extra has the outsider. Giant. Okay. No, it doesn't have outsider. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, you rolled a twenty-five, so I'll give you one piece. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Excuse me. So I'll give you. I'll give you maybe two. Um, I want to give you. Okay, it has uh, damage re- reduction uh, that only chaotic weapons can bypass. Okay. And that would mean uh, you would need to have a plus five weapon to beat that. Yeah. Wow, that's so funny that it just. that we just figured out all that stuff. So it's like a purely lawful creature. A purely lawful, lawful evil, evil creature. Chaotic creature. How. Oh. How perfect to be in a, a temple of Zeus Vader. Wow. Um, but 
uh, yeah, it, chaotic weapons uh, or uh, a plus five weapon, and obviously spells, but like abilities and energy damage will get through that. Um, and then it also has energy resistance against Sonic. Okay. Um, Interesting. So Nestor Sonic. relays all of this. And no, he doesn't. Oh, actually, no. Yeah, he doesn't. He will at the end of his turn. <laughs> um, but now, being that he is invisible, he is going to take his first shot, many shots, pow- uh, deadly aim on, Ooh. sneak attack, <clears throat> and that is a natural 19 for a critical Ooh. threat. Yes. Wow. And now, are you out of your range increment now that it matters for a 19? No. Okay. Critical wow. Critical, critical threat. Hell of a start. Uh, and that is a 32 to confirm. That's a confirmed crit. <laughs> oh my god. Amazing! I mean, huge! <laughs> so ridiculous. An opening salvo of great renown. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great. A great opening wow. salvo. Wow. I've been waiting so long to uh, Joe, what out. do we got here? Fan crit. Simon from... Melbourne, Australia. Melbourne. Oh, wow. International. A little bit of thunder uh, from down under. <laughs> Crippling accuracy. You aim carefully and manage to pierce the target's leg or wing if flying, severing several tendons. Triple damage. And the target must treat all movement as if tra- traversing div- difficult terrain. Oh, oh that's for for 2d4 rounds, reflex negates oh, okay. the crippling. Thank God I get a save. Okay. What is the DC? It's Nestor's AC? Nestor's 32. confirmation roll. 32. Okay. 32? Yeah. Wait. D- yeah. DC 32. Oh. Uh, reflex. Fail. Yes! Oh, so 2d4 so, rounds. 2d4 rounds is difficult terrain because you're crippled. I mean, that is so absolutely insane that that was. That uh, that's the pull. Five rounds. It is uh, five rounds. Amazing. It is uh, difficult to. <laughs> oh, that's the so coin, away. baby. We're so far away from it too. It's perfect. So coin hits it, triple damage, and it is crippled. My God. Uh, so that's actually times four damage for me. Right. It's a times three crit. Yeah. So that is uh. That is a 99 points of regular oh! damage. Wow. And six points of electricity <laughs> damage. <laughs> all right. So you see that obviously not all of the regular damage went through and none of the electricity went through. Okay. Uh, however, a an absolutely absurd crushing blow. And this is how PCs survive wow. at the end of books. Wow. Uh, an opening move like that. Amazing. And you still have more attacks. Yes, I do. Second Unbelievable. attack. Another crit. Second attack. Another crit. He just, he just appears out of nowhere and shoots these. Did you do a many shots? Or did he I shoot did. These multiple arrows. Yeah, these two like. From 100 feet away. Yeah. Uh, so that is. Uh, that is a 34 to hit. That's a hit. Okay. And I appear. I cease to be invisible. Sure. That is. Uh, 20, that is 19 points of regular damage and 6 points of electricity damage. Okay, same thing. Didn't really all uh, go through. None of the electricity went through. Okay. Final attack. 
Natty 19 for another critical threat. Wow. <laughs> going to be a tougher confirmed That here. is going to be a very um, tough confirmed. But it, it hasn't acted in the round, so it is flat-footed. Uh, that is a 26 to confirm. That is its flat-footed AC. Oh! Oh, oh shit! Yeah! Yes. Amazing! Oh my god! Unbelievable! Wow. Two freaking crits! He's just—he's just basically a sniper. He's like a hitman. Uh, yeah. All right. Oh, let's keep it international. This one, Mark from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Hi, Mark. Lucky for some, of course. Your luck is undeniable. <laughs> <laughs> Double damage and roll a d20. If you roll a seven, your projectile exits the target, ricochets, and hits one of the target's allies. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, so it doesn't matter. The it's just double damage. The so old luck triple, of the northern night. Triple damage. Triple damage again. Uh, okay. I think we saw this crit in a live show, I think. Second time uh, it's come up. Okay, so that is 59 points of regular damage. Okay. And six, seven points of electricity. It is so insane how much damage you just did to this <laughs> Two times three fucking I'm not even going to have to become one times invisible. Four. Yeah, well, what, yeah, yeah, one was times four. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's Metra's turn. Uh, okay, Metra's turn. And Nestor just starts laughing. He's just like, oh, my beauties, did you see that? Did you see that? Have you seen this creature? Look at this thing. <laughs> it looks so cool, and it's so dead. Yeah. The only thing you fought of this size, I think, has been the wicker well, man. Dude, yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. Like, uh, it's just round six, and your difficult terrain is done. <laughs> You just gotta, you just gotta <laughs> wait till round six. Metro, you're up. Uh, Metro's gonna roll. Oh, and then knowledge. and and Nestor, he shares all that information. Like, after. right, great. Uh, and Metro's gonna roll a knowledge planes because she wants to know a specific piece of information. Can okay, I do that? please. Uh, but I rolled terribly, so I don't think I'm gonna know with a with a ten. No, no, you don't know. This yeah. is way out of your uh, out of your purview. Okay, so she's just gonna roll the dice on this. Okay. And she's going to extend a, a long kind of slender finger and flick out a little red pebble that oh. goes flying across the room and explodes on the on the, on oh, the sky, yeah. and it's a fireball. So we'll see if he has... Oh. If he, if he has he's a, immune to fire. He may not be immune, but he's, def- he's extra planar, so he's definitely got resistances. A bunch. He'll have a bunch of resistances. Okay, so but you... It's still 10d6, so some might get through. Throw this thing across, and uh, it automatically hits? Uh, he gets a reflex save for half damage. Okay. Uh, 17. That's a fail. Okay. So 32 points of fire damage minus your resistance. Okay, so you see it explode and it doesn't even flinch. Nothing, okay. Yeah. yeah. It not even, like, you don't even see the fire flicker off of its body. I thought I could finally could use my fireball again. And now it's its turn. Um, she's going to move, okay. actually. Uh, Straight toward it. <laughs> Full speed, right? You can, uh, you can't run, but you can. Uh, Metro's going to position herself so she can get touch both Baron and Nestor. All right, so Metro moves uh, back uh, towards the glyph, uh, right next to Nestor, and uh, also five feet away from Baron. It's its turn. It grabs one of the uh, chairs on the floor and picks it up. And as it picks it up, it lights on fly- fire and hurls it in the direction of Dalgrith. Let's see if it hits Dalgris. Dalgris is invisible. Oh, Dalgris is invisible. All right, so throws it at Baron. Bear, bear. Come on. Come at me, bro. No, fuck that. Metra. Yes. Let's throw it at Metra. Uh, oh, boy. Okay, let's see what happens here. 
Oh yeah, thirty to hit. Yeah. Okay, a couple things. Flaming chair. Flaming, uh, flaming chair. What was the it's chair like a doing? Stone there. chair. What was it there doing? Four. Then? Oh no, steel chair. It's a steel chair. There's four steel chairs around the brazier. What are they doing there? Is there it like no. a meeting chamber or something? Maybe. <laughs> are they, so they're giant chairs. Uh, yes. Yeah, they're giant chairs. Did this giant play for the University of Kansas basketball team? <laughs> <laughs> Indiana. Indiana, 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 excuse me. 31 points of regular damage. Damn. Oof. And then it explodes with fire. Everybody roll a reflex save. Ooh. I'm assuming not Dogrith. Everyone. Ugh. I'm assuming not Dogrith. I rolled such shit. 30. 30. 33. 23. 22. Okay, so Nestor and Dogrith fail. And you take uh, 18 points of oh, fire okay. damage, right. and uh, Baron and Metra take 9 points of fire damage. Did you say yeah. 30, the 33 for the original hit, right? Yes, 33 regular, and then you take another 9 fire. This thing just explodes, Man. and then it does Oh, its- wait. No. You have evasion, too, don't you? I, I do. I rolled a three. You have what? I have mirror yeah. image on. you got to roll a oh, you know, one of oh, my wait. images. No, this is area damage, though. Right? The fire is, but the but the hit is the hit. Oh, uh, the hit. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, uh, there are eight of me, so roll a D8. There's eight of you? Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I haven't used a D8 in a while. Uh, so Could we'll I have a D8? Eight hits you? Sure. Whatever you want. Okay. Four hits you. No. <laughs> Eight hits you. Uh, six. So just destroys yeah. one of your images. So you don't take that damage. You do take the, the fire. Uh, AOE damage. Uh, and then, obviously, it's crippled by Nestor's times four crit. So instead of moving, it's amazing speed. It still moves 40 feet towards you. It has 80 feet of movement? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's bad news bears. Wow. That's complete and utter lunacy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It says one thing on the book, but it says another thing on uh, Hero Lab. I'm going to go with the one that is bigger. Higher, yeah. <laughs> it says 60 in the book, 80 on Hero Lab, so I must be oh, missing something. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> you got to go with the book. This is such I don't know. I feel like the Hero Lab really nailed it. Yeah, they never nailed made a single typo the... transferring these things over to digital it files. Knows. Not one. It knows what it's doing. Not one typo. Uh, so it moves. It, it moves. It's still very far away from you guys, but maybe within one move. Uh of uh, at least getting up on the invisible Dalgrith. Speaking of invisible Dalgrith, it's Baron's <laughs> turn. Baron sees this thing barreling down, understands the limitations of his current firearm. He's not a feared. Nope. He's got the power of Nestor's old jolter. He's got the spellcasting acumen of Metra and the invisible... Uh, dagger-wielding Deathbringer in front of him. So he mm-hmm. is going to reach out and cast a spell he's never cast before on himself. It's called Wrath. It's time to get angry at oh, wow. I love that spell. Wrath. That's a good spell. It's going to add plus two to my, uh, just bel- I think, damage and to hit. Uh, I'll double-check that real quick because I'm level seven now. I focus my anger against an enemy... And I get a plus one morale on a bonus on attack rolls and weapon damage against that designated creature for every three caster levels you have. At level seven, it's going to be a plus two yeah. to each. I've only ever had that spell in low levels. I never got to use it uh, past level seven. That's a very cool uh, At level spell. 12, it's cool because it also uh, improves your crit range. 
It doesn't stack on top of effects, but if you have a feat that gives it to you, it would increase my crit range. I had that in our short-lived Wrath of the Righteous campaign. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. Play again. Coming soon from Owlcat Games. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Now yeah. we get to play it. Um, Dalgrith, uh, you are invisible. This thing is now closest to you. It is absolutely enormous. Gargantuan, if you will. What do you do? Uh, oh, this is tough. He is in a tough position. Thing is oh, can I move, too? Yeah, sure. Uh, Baron is going to kind of skirt around this mask because he doesn't want to step on it. Okay. Um, it's just... It's so brutal. I'm so tired of playing this character. Because <laughs> it's like... It, you like, were complaining about this before we started the episode. You really... Uh, you don't deal damage. Right. Well, the missing Jimmer is tough. But yeah. this... This is a unique situation too because just the sheer size of the creature is like I'm 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 always just like five to ten feet away from being able to flank it, like from getting around it. So I'm trying to like move up to it, leave an illusion, mm-hmm. and then move around it you with haste. You're invisible, so you couldn't leave an illusion right now. Yeah, I could. I can leave an illusion. Oh, yeah, that you just I could just have the illusion pop up, right? And then, uh, and obviously, like, I would still get the sneak attack anyway on hitting it, but having the uh, image there gives me a chance in the next round that it w- would hit one or the other. Uh-huh. And it's just, like, I'm just, I'm just short of, uh, of being in that range, but, uh, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna give it a shot, uh, just to try to do something. So, um, bold. I'm gonna trigger my expeditious, uh, armor. Okay. While, while also triggering the phantasmal uh, aspect of my armor. So he's going to move qu- and my uh, speed boots for haste. So I'm going to haste and leave an image. Okay. Uh, and. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, and leave an image and come around the side of the creature. Um, but I'm not perfectly flanking, but it doesn't matter this round because I'm invisible. Mm-hmm. So I still get an attack against its flat-footed AC. Okay. And was it greater invisibility or regular? Just regular invisibility. Right, so, so he becomes visible, but there's two Dalgriths. So this thing, there's a oh, Dalgrith. No. I'm leaving a Dalgrith between him and the enemy, or between him and my allies. Okay. And then I'm kind of coming around near the brazier, near the fire. Okay. Are you going to be really upset if you don't hit? Uh, yes. Okay. No, no. I, I would, I would, that's a matter of course. That's to be expected. Right. Uh, this is your only chance to do damage. Here. I know. I just I, get really upset when, uh, I just, God, evasion is so painful when you fail. The I know. Role. It's like, it's so all a natural nothing. four, and then you take full damage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like with evasion, you should take half damage if you fail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. He's going to pull out, um, as he moves, his holy cold iron short sword. So maybe some of this holy will go through uh, on an evil creature. Mm. And uh, stab away. Okay. So here we go. Uh, that'll do. That'll do. That is a 35. That is a hit. hit. Oh. oh, wow. There we go. There we go. Now, That'll do. Holy, uh, I, I don't believe holy bypasses chaotic. Uh, I don't think it does. Yeah. Yeah, but, but well, uh, I mean, it would. But anyway, the, it, like, it, it's, it's going to have DR from the damage. Right. But then the rest of it all goes through. So whatever. It doesn't matter what you're right, minusing right. it off of. Um, Just a fun thing to but say. But I know what parties. you're saying. 
Uh, ooh, that was good. That was 40 flat. So, uh, 40. 40 points of damage. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry, 44. 44 points of damage. Um, and you're on the... No, you're not on the creature. You just struck it uh, while invisible, hit its flat-footed, and exactly. dealt uh, And dealt 44 points of damage. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, you're going to subtract the DR. Yeah, I did. <sighs> this is absolutely insane, and it is Nestor's turn in the top of the new round. Uh, could you do a fortitude save? You'll probably make it. It's a DC 19 fortitude save. Okay. Um, just checking my things here. Yeah. All right. DC 19 fortitude. Let me get my other die. Oh, yeah. Uh, made it. Okay. Uh, this is something I always forget. Whenever I do sneak attack damage, I have painful strike because I'm a Sarni executioner. Ah. Uh, so if you fail, then you're sickened for 1d4 rounds. But It's crippled and sickened. Uh, Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to be unfair. So uh, is this creature undead? When when Nestor did his knowledge check, we would know if it was undead, right? It was yeah. extra planar. So yeah, extra planar. You don't get the sense. Although it's covered with the corpses of creatures, it follows a different law from the plane it comes from, which would be hell. And sorry, that reminds me as well. Uh, I have befuddling strike. So when I land a sneak attack, the creature takes a minus two to hit against me. For 1d4. Oh, rounds. nice. Might save your life. Might. Shoot. Might. You have plus six to your AC right now. Any guesses as to how many rounds? One round. <laughs> God damn it! One round. <laughs> uh, so, my first attack with many shot. It's natural 19, another critical threat. <laughs> yes! <laughs> You on the many shot, on the, like the most amazing shot to crit on, and my confirmation roll is another natural nineteen. I mean, you have to be kidding me. What is it like to? You have How do to you? be. It must be so nice every day. It's pretty great. You just wake up. Oh. Uh, okay. All right, Russell from Northern Virginia. Hi, Russell. And you're to blame. You aim a, vis- a vicious shot straight at the target's heart. Deal double damage to the target, and you make a free intimidate check to cause enemies within 30 oh. feet to be shaken oh. for one round. Uh, but there's no other enemies. so yeah. uh, Per the demoralized opponent rules uh, in the intimidate section. And so. uh, this creature doesn't get intimidated? Um, that I hit? I mean, you can, you can try it. It's, it's, you know, the demoralized rules. Do you have a good intimidate? Uh, uh, yeah, pretty good. I believe it's 10 plus the... Yeah, that's... Wisdom. No, I didn't make it. I got a natural three, so... Okay. So, yeah. Just double damage. Or triple damage in your case. Yes. Uh, that is 62 points of regular damage and 12 points of electricity damage. This is a CR-15 creature worth 51,200 experience points. And you killed it in a round. Yes! Yes! What yes! We'll see you yes! next week. Yes! Holy shit. shots. exactly what we needed. Oh, God, we needed that. Who needs rest? Who needs rest? My only. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015.
Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.